let me tell you about a life-changing elixir of the gods. I'm talking about Strava Craft Coffee. I'm telling you it will change your life. If you're like me and you drink a lot of coffee, you have noticed those negative side effects. I don't even get jittery that much, but it happens. It can mess with your stomach. It can make you feel run down later on. You can have the crash. As much as we love our coffee, we know all of these things are going to come with it. But you know what? Not with Strava. It has changed my life. It has made me a far more productive and awake and less shaky person as I deal with whatever I've got to deal with throughout the day. Some of these people on Twitter, grab that Strava. It's rich in CBD. It's great coffee that you can purchase in either K-Cups for your Keurig. You can get whole bean. You can ground it yourself, or you can get it ground Whatever way you take your coffee, they will ship it to you. It's delicious. There's all kinds of different uh, flavors that you can get, and it's good for you. It's actually good for you. I can personally vouch for the health benefits of CBD-infused products, particularly Strava Craft Coffee, that can really help to set uh, my equilibrium. It's good for you. You can try it if you want down at Carbon Cafe and Bar Drip Denver, Slow High Coffee, uh, the Blue Sparrow Coffee, and Max Market. It's non-psychoactive. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to worry about any of the things that you may have heard uh, about what this crazy CBD stuff is. Is it marijuana? No, it's not any of those things. It's not psychoactive. Uh, you're not going to feel weird or different. It doesn't affect you that way. It's just something that isn't going to give you all of the terrible things that you can oftentimes get from regular coffee. And it's going to help with things like long-term migraines. It's helped me a great deal. Decreasing anxiety. Again, I can personally vouch for this. Arthritis, I get I get achy. I, I've, I've been a tall guy for a very long time. I had a bad back issues. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not making this up because they're a sponsor, though it's awesome and we love them. Strava Craft Coffee is phenomenal for all of these things. So remember to purchase online for 20% off using code DNVR20. DNVR presents the pitch. She is hit again to left field. It's got a chance. It's gone. Minor League Mondays. Your weekly look at some homegrown guys who are trying to make their way up to the big leagues. And here's your host, Patrick Lyons. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Mile High Green Cross. Supporting our partners is supporting us. So please go ahead to Mile High Green Cross to sign up for their loyalty program and receive 20% off your entire purchase once a month. Tag them and tag us to show them how our community supports one another. Again, Mile High Green Cross, sign up for their loyalty program and receive 20% off your entire purchase once per month. Offer does extend to current members. Welcome to the working week. Here we are. It's Minor League Monday once again. I am your host, Patrick Lyons, at Patrick D. Lyons on Twitter. Follow us also at DNVR underscore Rockies. Today, 
we've got a bit of news. Finally. Finally we do. On Friday, March 27th, there was a new agreement signed between the Players Association and Major League Baseball. And there's a lot to break down. As far as my notes go, I got about four pages to cover. And there's going to be implications for the Major Leagues, for the salaries of the players. We're going to look at what the impact is going to be on the 2020 and 2021 Major League Baseball draft. Who does that impact? As well as the minor leaguers. So we're going to touch on a little bit of everything with, of course, an eye on how this impacts the future of the game, which is minor league baseball. So most of what I'm going to be pulling from uh, is a very well-written article by Jeff Passan and Kylie McDaniel of ESPN.com. And I'm going to kind of use their article as a form in which to pull interesting pieces of information to focus and highlight those pieces of information in order to do the best job to break down what we could possibly expect this year should baseball and society come back to the norm. So first things first. MLB, what are the ramifications? Well, together the Players Association and MLB want the complete and most fullest 2020 championship season and postseason that's economically feasible. Manfred, uh, the commissioner, of course, is allowed to override a lot of different things here. And I think that is with the intention that, you know what, it's going to be done in the best interest of baseball. But under no circumstances, um, if there are you know, government edicts on mass gatherings, um, the preventing teams from playing in their home stadiums, then obviously the commissioner needs to do something about that. There are travel restrictions within the U.S. and Canada. Manfred can make certain decisions to fix that. Uh, and then finally, depending on certain health experts, making sure about the safety of players that they're not exposed unnecessarily, staff as well as fans, making sure that there are, are not those health risks. So the commissioner does have a lot of say. Uh, and again, that's part of the agreement that players have made to say, look, if, if we're going to do this like it's never been done before, then there's going to be certain exceptions that will need to be made. There have been seasons, of course, that have been impacted by strikes, by wars. There's been numerous different scenarios and situations we've seen natural disasters hit certain communities and things have been done to change that but the entire fabric of professional baseball in America has obviously been altered drastically and along with our society how we've been functioning and doing things for the last hundred plus years I say a hundred because we know 1918 was the last time something uh, of this you know, enormity took place in our country and in the world. But it's also impacting impacting uh, the economics of the world. We know Major League Baseball is close to a trillion-dollar industry. Each team is worth just about a billion dollars, and it's it's a lot of money that, that's getting played around with. And the, and the players are, are going to be losing money here too. I will break that down. What they could possibly lose, what they could possibly gain, and ultimately, the commissioner is going to do what's in the best interest of everybody. And I think ultimately, this agreement is going to allow to allow, you know, certain barriers that might normally be in his way. It's going to kind of clear those out so that we can get back to games as soon as possible, if 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 the situation does allow for it. So, another thing that the commissioner can do. One of the caveats is um, considering the use of neutral sites instead of home stadiums. 
two weeks ago, uh, I touched upon the idea of alternate site games. As the Seattle Mariners, you know, the state of Washington was where originally coronavirus really started to spread and, and branch out several weeks ago. And there was some consideration that the Mariners may need to just play their games elsewhere at an alternate site. So we looked at that. Go back two weeks ago if you're interested in listening to that episode. But there could be numerous teams all across Major League Baseball. And uh, neutral sites may be a way to get some of these games going. There's a possibility that some of these games will be played in front of no fans. Of course, that's not ideal, but this is the world that we now live in. Another interesting uh, a bullet point that I highlighted was amendment of roster rules. So in order to get the game back as quickly as possible, there would, of course, be a, a shortened spring training uh, to allow for players and teams to get back out on the field and play games that count. Well, the way that they're going to be able to do that is by expanding the normal rosters. 2020 season was supposed to be the first of its kind for the 26-man roster. And I think as we saw um, after the 94 strike, when there was a lockout in the beginning of 95, rosters were expanded from 25 to 28. I think there's a chance we could see roster expansion from 26 to maybe even 30. No exact word as to how many will be on those rosters, but the purpose of that is ultimately pitchers will not be ready. They will only have two or three weeks of preparation during uh, their this, this new spring training 2.0, if you will. So it's going to be super important that since they're only getting half the amount of time to throw, that there's extra arms in the bullpen that's going to keep the system moving along because... Again, the modus operandi is to get games in and is to to try to minimize the impact of injuries. So one way you do that is by expanding those rosters. You can also have more doubleheaders to squeeze in as many games as possible. I know the Players Association is is willing to have their guys play two doubleheaders a week. And that's removing a lot of the off days that have previously been been built in with this most recent collective bargaining agreement. So now those are going to get washed away. There'll be more doubleheaders. Could they be seven-inning doubleheaders? They could be. Might there be extra inning rules in place like they have in the minor leagues where the person who made the last out at the start of the 10th inning goes out to second base to help expedite the uh, ability for, for teams to score runs and generate more runs? There's ways to also factor in that with uh, players' ERAs and, and things of that nature. So there's not too much artificial adjustments that need to be made with statistics. Because again, statistics right now is kind of secondary to the general idea of playing baseball games. With the season getting uh, such a late start, which there, there, it's an unknown. We still don't know when the season would start. But Players Association and MLB... They're fine with the regular season stretching into October, as well as having the postseason go into November. Now, there's a lot of places in the U.S. where the weather is not kind in November, a lot of places where it's not kind in October. Fans saw that right here in in Denver in October of 2018 when it snowed for Game 3 of the NLCS against the Milwaukee Brewers. Well, again, having a neutral site World Series not sure if they would even have all neutral site playoffs. That could be a possibility, but I think you would rather have a neutral site playoff than no playoff and no season whatsoever. 
So you you, ha- you have to be okay with, with, with some of these adjustments that are going to happen and they're going to look strange. They may feel strange, but the alternative is no baseball. And I, I don't think a lot of you want that. You're going to have to be okay with, with some of these strange changes here. We could have expanded playoffs right now. Of course, five teams make it in uh, from each league, three division winners, two wild cards. That could change. Also, the playoff format itself could possibly be changed, as was mentioned again in this article by Jeff Passan and Kylie McDaniel. That could be something that may have to be adjusted. And it will just be a temporary thing because any kind of you know round-robin tournament or double elimination tournament that they might have obviously is, is not uh, the recipe for success in a normal given year. How many games could we possibly expect? Well, if we look at Japan and South Korea, who there are several weeks ahead of us in this process, some of you have noticed on, on Twitter and, and on YouTube and social media that a lot of these teams, as I mentioned last week, are starting to have intra-squad games with, within their facility, you know, close to fans. But they are, they're getting closer to uh, their opening day. Originally, it was supposed to be scheduled on March 20th. Um, that was postponed long before MLB postponed their opening day. And right now, they're set to go back April 24th. We'll see if that happens. They're in much better shape, obviously, being ahead of this. Um, than than we are here in America. Also, you have to remember Japan and South Korea a decade ago, they were in the midst of you know the the swine flu epidemic, and that was something that rocked their communities pretty hard, um, much more so than than we had to deal with in America and Canada. And they've learned from that experience. And you might you might say that they're better prepared to get through this process in a much quicker time frame. So that could possibly be the case, although um, they are maybe upwards of a, of a month ahead of us as far as this is concerned, uh, possibly more. It, it could be even longer for baseball to come back in this country. One concerning thing is that one of the Hanshin Tigers pitchers uh, did test positive for coronavirus along with two of his teammates. So the rest of his team is currently in, in quarantine. The Tigers have canceled their practices um, through... I believe it would be Wednesday, and um, but the league is still planning on opening the season on the 24th. So that is something that we're definitely going to keep an eye on here at DNVR Rockies as well as uh, Minor League Monday. So that's going to be super important to, to try to make a prediction when baseball in America will come back. Another important topic um, worth talking about is service time. So... That is something that the Players Association pushed for really, really hard. And we'll talk about maybe what they gave up, or rather what the owners ended up getting in exchange for this. But the Players Association, I would say they probably put at the top of their list, is for their members to get full service of the year, regardless of what happens this year. And they got it. So what that means is, even if there is no 2020 season whatsoever, the Los Angeles Dodgers will have traded several prospects and will have gotten zero games out of Mookie Betts. So players like Betts, JT Realmuto, George Springer, Trevor Bauer, Marcus Stroman, all of those guys who were coming into the 2020 seasons with one year left on their contract, 
they become free agents starting in the off season, whenever that is. Don't don't guarantee can't guarantee that that off season is going to start on November first, um, when the World Series you know would have ended naturally. So those guys, even if there's a shortened season, but especially if there's no season whatsoever, those guys will get credit for a full year of service. Okay. Now, players who logged an entire season last year will also receive a full year of service time, even if no games are played. So this means Ryan McMahon, guys like Tony Walters, Carlos Aceves, they will all get another year of service time, which means they're one year closer towards free agency, even though they didn't play this year, and even though the Rockies didn't get another year of play out of them. Guys like Brendan Rodgers who was in the majors last year for 136 days, which means he did not play 172 days. That's considered a full year of Major League service. It's days, not games. So he's at 136 for last year. Peter Lambert was in the majors for 116 days of service. They would not get another year of service. So they would still be considered having less than one year of experience. Everybody else that's had at least a year last year, they're going to get bumped up yet another year and push them another year closer to free agency. That will not happen with Rodgers, Lambert, or any other prospect um, that did not play a full season last year. So if we do have a season, there is an opportunity for the those players to earn full service time. Again, typically it's 172 days. If there's not a 162-game season, that number obviously will have to be prorated. Well, the one thing that's certain and 100% is that Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR. And right now, during this wild time, you need to know that the farmhouse is open and they are rocking. They've got a menu that is absolutely fantastic. We checked it out a couple months ago and I was blown away. And I can guarantee you're going to be blown away too, especially when you use code DNVR to save $5 off your meal. They've got pickup from 12 to 8 p.m. They'll even bring your to-go order out to the car for you. You can pick up a 15-can sampler through Drizzly. It's, it's fantastic. Use their Breck Beer Locator. I know Drew and I were talking about different different beers that pair really well with our watch parties that we've been having with hashtag DNVR watches. And there's a lot of different ones, I think, that match up with, with the various innings of Ken Burns baseball. So if you got the 15-can sampler, that's really going to make sure that you are covered on all bases with that. So check out the farmhouse. Give them a call, 303-803-1380. That's 303-803-1380. And if you're just looking for some alcohol, well, Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits is where you need to go. They've got two great locations in Centennial and Highlands Ranch. These guys are locally owned, and they have a massive selection. Again, support our partners because that means you're supporting us. Starting right away, uh, you should know that all orders will be curbside or delivery only, but they also have Breck's Delicious 15-can sampler. They can drop it off right at your car door there. No problem whatsoever. Download their app for incredible deals and sign up for their loyalty program too. Again, Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits, they are definitely going to help get you through this crisis that we're all going through. Well, since we're talking about saving a couple bucks, we should get to the salary portion of this agreement between the Players Association and Major League Baseball. As I mentioned about the service time, salaries will also be prorated. So if a team plays an 81-game schedule, 
players will get 50% of their full agreed-upon money. If they play 75% of their games, which is about 120 games, um, then they'll get 75% of their salary. So it's uh, it's obviously a, something right now that's that's hitting players too, and, and I know many of you out here there listening is are not going to be shedding any tears for these millionaire players, but, you know, they've... They've spent their money and they've made certain investments based upon the money that they've agreed upon. So regardless of how much money they may have, they're obviously feeling the effects of this as well. Performance bonuses, uh, clauses you know, for winning a, a season-ending award, um, or in this case, if we're talking about if you hit 40 home runs or driving 100 RBIs, you may get a little bonus. That'll also be prorated. Now, what if there's no season played whatsoever? Again, this agreement covers those two contingency plans of, okay, how can we get a season in 2020? How can we get enough games to make this important and to feel like this was not a lost year? And, well, what happens if if that's impossible? What happens if we can't do that? Well, if the season is cancel- canceled, um, the the payment to players that was that's going to be received in April and May of $170 million, that will allow, be allowed to be kept by players. So again, since there is a hope to get the season started at some point in in June, Major League Baseball and the owners have decided to uh, advance players $170 million for the next two months, split up obviously among those players. And if there's no season, the players get to keep that money even though they didn't play at all for that. Obviously, the hope is to play these games and that 170 million will essentially be be taken out of their their salaries from 2020. So again, it's a good way to make sure that everybody is covered and that ultimately these teams and these owners have enough money to stay in operation and not be impacted so negatively where they may need to to sell their team somewhere down the line or they may have to file for bankruptcy. That would be that would be an ugly ugly situation. So this is one of those ways. Also part of the agreement, players cannot sue for their full salaries. So this agreement is has been accepted upon. So if there is no season and a player, depending on how much he makes, so if you're if you're making, you know, anywhere from one to two million dollars, you might only be advanced a couple hundred thousand dollars. And you're counting on making one, two million dollars, well, unfortunately, if there's no season played, you will not get that money and you cannot sue and say, hey, I-, I was kind of counting on that. We're all in the same boat financially with this, unfortunately. Players that really have it badly are the non-roster invites and current free agents. So Colorado brought in down to Salt River Fields, Chris Owings, Drew Butera, Elias Diaz, Tim Collins, Tim Melville, Ubaldo Jimenez, all of those guys had nothing guaranteed and because of the roster freeze they can't be added no one can be removed from the 40-man roster right now so those players are unfortunately SOL look that up if you're not sure what that means but unfortunately they're they're just kind of in limbo right now which is um, unfortunately a shame in the case of any 40-man roster players who are not on the 26-man roster so if we're talking about a guy who might have just been recently added to the 40-man roster, uh, they'll be on what's called a split deal. 
right? So um, those on a split deal under $91,000 will be paid $275 a day or somewhere in the neighborhood of $16,000 over the course of a season. So basically, when players get called up to the majors, they're making one salary. When they go down to the minors, they make another one. So that obviously has some implications for guys who were going to camp, young guys who are battling for a, a roster spot, hoping that they could if not make the opening day roster, but at least make enough of an impression that they're going to get a shot at some point during the season. Well, now they're going to have to wait a couple months and if there's no season. That's just, that's just one lost year that they've got and one less opportunity that they're going to get to start becoming arbitration eligible and start making the millions of dollars rather than hundreds of thousands. Or for some minor leaguers, a handful of thousands of dollars. We've talked about that on previous episodes. The less than minimum wages that minor league ball players make. And again, last week we talked about on Minor League Monday the the money that has been floated to some of the minor league ball players and um, some of the raises that have been talked about to try to have somewhat better of a balance. Since so that these players, you know, aren't making less than minimum wage, so it's a it's a obviously dire time for a lot of these ball players who now have to also keep in shape without their public gym or their private gym or the gym inside their apartment complex or clubhouse. So it's it's a challenging time, but again, this is this is about life and death. So Major League Baseball is going to make sure that. It's it's about life, and it's not all about the almighty dollar here um, in the end when it comes down to it. So one thing to consider when, with these young guys and these, these minor league ball players um, and those who come up and begin to establish themselves over the course of two, three years is that the arbitration system will, of course, be adjusted because of the less lesser games. A couple of years ago, Dylan Batansis was infuriated by the New York Yankees who said that, well, you know, frankly, look at how many saves he had. He he obviously isn't worth the money that he and his agent feel he's worth in arbitration. And it's an ugly process. And uh, a funny side note is, is obviously the New York Yankees can ensure that Dylan Batances or any of their relievers don't get saves if they don't put him in the ninth inning to get those saves. So, since it's, it is a bit arbitrary, no pun intended, um, the arbitration system will be adjusted to reflect the fact that, hey, we could be playing half of a season, so the statistics will be half of what you know would have normally been expected and what would be you know argued for or against. One other real big bullet point that I made sure to highlight is luxury tax thresholds. So if we play an abbreviated season and... Instead of making twenty plus million dollars, Mookie Betts now is only making twelve million dollars. Well, does that mean the Dodgers can go out and add eight plus million more for another player? Could they load up and now bring in a lot of guys on fifty percent salary? So shoot, now they're only they're spending two hundred million dollars, but for a hundred games rather than a hundred and sixty two. Well, not exactly. So the the luxury luxury tax thresholds and the the salaries of the entire roster will again be 
based upon full season salaries, not the prorated salaries. So there's no artificial way that the Dodgers or Yankees or Cubs or any big market team can go ahead and get away with essentially assembling a roster of, of players making $250 million, right? But hey, it's only half the season, so we're only paying them half of 250 Well, no. Again, that's that's part of what this agreement made sure to hammer out so that no one was able to find a loophole and gain an unfair advantage. And finally, in, in this last little section before we get into the specifically minor league portion and the MLB draft implications of this deal that was signed on Friday, is that depending on when the season starts, the players are okay with there not being an all-star game. That would obviously be very disappointing and Previous All-Star games have been canceled um, during war times, and I think having an All-Star game to start the season would certainly be very interesting. Not sure how you would determine which players made that roster. You could essentially base that upon last year's All-Star team, how the 2019 season finished up, end-of-year awards with between Cy Young and MVP, using that as, as a way to, to come up with a system. But considering the fact that these players are, are going to be stretched so thin, and if they're playing two doubleheaders a week, we're, now, we're not talking about nine games, sure, and they might be abbreviated to seven innings. We're talking about nine games in a week with no off days. So... That's that's rough. That's kind of unfair to ask players to normally give up three days of their time or, or, or two days, right? The the fan festivities, like the Home Run Derby, um, as well as the game itself. But just to leave their family and, and, and get away from home wouldn't really be fair. So I would, you know, as a, as a fan myself at times, I'm able to put my fan cap on, I think, during uh, the All-Star break. That would be a bummer for there not to be um, a Midsummer Classic, but it's it's certainly understandable. What's undeniably not understandable is polishing the family jewels without the help of Manscaped. Now, Manscaped just released the Lawnmower 3.0. It's new and improved, and most importantly, nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. Its battery lasts up to 90 minutes for a longer shave. And thanks to them, thanks to us, DNVR and Manscaped, you can get 20% off your entire purchase as well as free shipping when you use the code DNVR20. That's DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase at Manscaped, and that will get you free shipping. Your significant other will most certainly thank you. And I'd, I'd personally like to thank Eric over at D-Line Co. for coming up with another banger of a t-shirt if you saw in the past week we've got ourselves an official mascot here at dnvr his name is knucklehead and he's he's i'm not gonna say he's exactly what you think he would be because he's better than that he is better than that and you know fight for denver is the new shirt that we just released it's probably it's probably one of the nicest ones we had and even if you're not familiar with with knucklehead and and there's not the history behind him that says, oh, I got to get it. It just is an iconic look. And it, it just represents not just us at DNVR, but it represents the entire Denver community. It represents small businesses, which we are. We are absolutely a small business 
fighting to survive. We're doing everything we can to provide as much sports content as we can for you. So reach out and help us out by getting one of those Fight for Denver t-shirts with our new buddy, Knucklehead. Last but not least, what are the implications of this agreement on the Major League Draft? Well, it's not pretty. It's not pretty for young players out there who are high school seniors this year or will be high school seniors next year, as well as a lot of college players looking to enter the draft and finally get a big payday to help out their family because baseball is an expensive sport. No two ways about it. It's, it's, it's very expensive purchasing the latest uh, equipment, the bats, if you're a catcher, there's, there's a lot of equipment, of course, you're going to need, as well as all the, the coaching that goes into playing baseball and the use of facilities and being a part of travel teams and that travel itself. It's a very expensive sport, and there's, there's been some, some major adjustments to the Major League Draft. So the first agreement was made is that the MLB and, and the commissioner are able to move the draft back to as late as July 20th, if needed. Right now, it's still set for June 10th as of right now, but can be moved back to as late as June 20th. They also will, of course, move back the signing date and to to allow for for teams and and players to come together with an agreement. So that's some that's something that already existed, but obviously based on when the draft will be this year, that's that will have implications for when the the final signing period will be for that. But the biggest change is that the 40-round MLB draft will be reduced to five rounds. Five rounds of players is all that will be allowed. Here's how it breaks down. So typically, if we're talking about money first, Slot values are going to remain the same. Typically, there there was supposed to be some increase of three to four percent. So, certain players out there that that already knew they were going to be a first round pick, they're going to get a little bit less than they might have been anticipated. Now, for the next two years, how will those players get paid? How will those top stars get paid? And this obviously has implications for the Rockies, who sit with the ninth pick overall in the 2020 draft, well, 10% of whatever the player signs for will be up front. They'll receive that within 30 days of signing their contract. By July 1st of next year, 2021, they'll receive another 50% of that deal. And in July of 2022, they'll receive the final 40%. So again, these players who may have been counting on this money to sign and to get drafted, they're going to have to wait to get a hold of that money. If you are not selected within the first five rounds, you could still be signed. However, for a maximum figure of $20,000. Now that is a steep drop off from what sixth round picks up through even even the 20th round. There are some guys that will get more than $20,000, um, well above that. In fact, there are guys taken outside of the top 10 who get paid upwards of $125,000. So that has been completely washed away. So that has major implications for college juniors who maybe were going to be a top 10 pick, or excuse me, top 10 rounds in the draft. Well, now they might go back to school in hopes that, you know, they'll get selected for the 2021 draft. Uh, 
which as of right now, the the agreement for 2021 is that that will potentially be shortened to as few as 20 rounds. So again, we, we, we don't know what's what the future holds for us, but if if life does get back to some sense of normalcy, which we hope it does by the by next summer, uh, the 2021 draft could be as few as 20 rounds. It's not 40, but 20, and so the the dollar figures will be there if you're if you're taking somewhere in the, in the teens in those rounds. So that means a lot of college juniors are going to be going back to school. It also means a lot of high school players instead of waiting to get selected in the 10th. 15th, 20th, maybe even 25th round to make some money as a pro and immediately go into professional baseball and not worry about college. Well, now we're only talking about making a max of $20,000. So that's it's going to be a major benefit for college baseball. And college baseball's benefit actually comes at the cost of shortened season teams. Again, pulling from this article from... Jeff Passan and Kylie McDaniel, they feel that the adjustments that have been made to the 2020 draft and 2021 draft, that it effectively kills short season baseball as there are not going to be players to fill out teams like the Boise Hawks and the Grand Junction Rockies, teams that were already on the chopping block and potentially going to be cut away entirely a lot still needs to happen for something like that to go down but this could be um, the first step the first stage of something like that happening consider consider this because again money has has a lot to do with this has a lot to do with it so major league baseball was was effectively hoping to save some money in the next cba after the 2021 season and they were kind of able to do that now two years in advance so Think of it like this. The the bonus pools last year were $266 million, right? That's how much was paid out to players that were drafted in the 2019 draft. The first five rounds alone was a majority of it. It was $238 million. So ultimately, every round after the fifth cost teams or cost all of baseball $24 million. So by removing rounds 6 through 40... Essentially, each club now saves a million dollars. Not a lot in the grand scheme of things, but it it does help, you know, clubs save some money, and it does, you know, potentially create some kind of working agreement between the NCAA, you know, college baseball, and the major leagues, who up to this point really have not collaborated much. They haven't worked together. Just recently. Uh, in December when they announced that they were going to hold the draft in Omaha the day before the College World Series starts. That was the first that Major League Baseball kind of gave any consideration whatsoever to college baseball. They just said, hey, we're going to have the draft, and we're going to take players, and yeah, we don't really care if their season's still going on, things of that nature. So they just haven't collaborated, and this could kind of get the juices flowing for, for something like that, which is you know super interesting to say the least. This scenario also creates potential for some showcases. Essentially, a Major League Baseball player combine for prospects, for undrafted players, right? Which would be incredibly interesting. It, it could be something to 
really put some exciting young players on the radars of, of baseball fans so that when they get drafted or you know when they get assigned to various teams around the United States to, to play minor league ball, they're already a, a known name. They're a known commodity, at least somewhat. And they've got some personality to them. And it, again, it, it can help the game grow. So the Division One Council is, uh, is actually meeting today, if you're listening to this on Monday, about you know what they're going to do with their rosters, especially since there's going to be some players coming back that we're expecting to get drafted. They say, hey, I'm going to have to double down, and, and hopefully something positive will come about my senior year. You also have different situations with redshirt freshmen and, and junior colleges with, with players that have now lost a year of, of eligibility, which has been decided that will not happen. But these scholarships are, are few and far between, and it's that's that is a challenging business. It's 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 a tough thing for these coaches to negotiate, and Division One's going to speak out about that to figure out what's going on, as it's this this agreement between Major League Baseball and the Players Association has serious impacts on college baseball. It could have impact on independent leagues. You could have guys needing to make money where they would have had that money guaranteed to them in the past. Now they might need to play in the independent leagues. Or, like former top 10 pick of the Atlanta Braves, Carter Stewart, he actually went over to Japan to play baseball. I believe that was last year when he started that. So it sounds crazy to think, but Japan and South Korea, they have an established baseball league over there um, with, with rich history. And maybe you see some of these young players going over to Japan to make a payday and to continue to develop their craft. So, so many implications because of this deal. And AA and AAA teams are are the ones that are the most important that was considered in this agreement because AA and AAA is where the young players come up and they feed into the to the major leagues. Rico Garcia, we saw him come up and, and make a start. He began his year in AA Hartford. Now, typically, the trend for the Rockies is is to pull players from Albuquerque, and which was the case with Garcia. But it's very rare for a player to be in High A and ascend to the majors. Maybe by the end of the season, that would be the case. But ultimately, it's 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 on the more rare side. So baseball needs to figure out how they can have a Double A and a Triple A season, especially when. Again, we're not even talking about 27 major league cities across the United States. We're now, if we're talking about these two levels of the minors, 60 different cities around the U.S., and we don't know what their their health and safety situations are going to be like. So effectively, minor league baseball could turn into a complex-only operation for this season, which is something that, that major league baseball is trying to do by lopping off the lower 42 teams is by saying, hey, the players that we do end up drafting, we don't need to send them out anywhere to, to ride buses and to be cramped and to get not get proper nutrition. We want to treat our minor league ball players a little bit better, so let's have them stay at Salt River Fields, stay in this area, maybe even build a dormitory for those players. Not sure what, what that plan is, but ultimately get the same kind of baseball experience against the same caliber talent but doing it at the spring training facility so with the entire season in question 
you might not have minor league baseball as we've known it for so long. That might not come to fruition. Double A AA and Triple A might be played on backfields across Florida and Arizona, which which would be wild. Again, that which would that summarizes just about everything I think too. There's a little bit more that that goes into the international signing periods and and the bonuses and things of that nature, which will not uh, be allowed to be traded as they were in the past. Um, not not draft picks, um, but the Competitive balance draft picks cannot be traded, and international money cannot be traded. That's that's one of those things that's just kind of thrown in here and there once in a while. Certain teams value it more than others. Some don't value it at all. Uh, you might see the Marlins doing that frequently. They're, they're a team that will, will trade you know, financial flexibility on the international market to teams in, in order to get you know a different asset that they may like. So it was... A lot to unpack, and it's definitely something I know. Uh, my partner in crime, Drew Creaseman, you can follow him at, at Drew Creaseman on Twitter. We're going to have to maybe try to break this down even further. The what ifs are just endless. You got to make sure that you reach out to us, especially on the DNVR.com, because that's where you can go and leave your questions that you might have about this new agreement that's come about any questions you may have about bojos i'll answer it right now that's the one place to get your true colorado mountain pie they're actually offering 30 percent off takeout when you ask for it you don't even have to mention dnvr that's how sweet that is mention it you get 30 percent off tag them tag us if you get some delicious takeout or delivery they've got a lot of locations in the denver area in our state of colorado Gluten-free, cheeseless pizza, plant-based options. Definitely make sure you hit up Bojo's. And again, ask for that 30% off discount. They will most definitely hook you up. So our sports column question of the day is this. If there is no minor league baseball as we typically know it, how likely are you to make a trip down to Scottsdale to watch some games on the backfield at Salt River Fields. How likely are you to see the future Colorado Rockies playing in the twilight of the Salt River Fields Stadium where the big boys play? Is that something that you would do? Do you need that fix? Do you do you have to see the minor leaguers honing their crafts against one another, seeing the best of tomorrow? Would you do that? Would you take such a trip? Let us know again in the comments section at the DNVR. Dot com. That does it for Minor League Monday. Again, I'm Patrick at Patrick D. Lyons. Follow my homie at Drew Creaseman. Follow us both at DNVR underscore Rockies on Twitter. We're doing some more DNVR watches. We've got innings five and six coming up on Tuesday and Thursday. On Monday and Wednesday, we've got some more big games. Arenado's Major League debut. Not to mention John Gray striking out 16 in what could quite possibly be the greatest performance by a Colorado Rockies starting pitcher. We'll, of course, discuss that later in the week on the podcast. So thank you for listening. I had a great time. I hope you did. And hey, what do you say we do this again next Monday?